Before we get rolling into today's podcast, I want to tell you about our awesome sponsors that uh, keep this thing free for you guys. So first we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Go on there. Check it out. Uh, You can get signed up for uh, Traded Hunts where you put in your location, the kind of birds you're after, you know, type of things that you do. And uh, you can search around on there, see other people, their areas, what they go after, and you can talk with each other and get linked up and trade hunts with each other. So rather than hiring an outfitter or a guide, if you're on a budget or kind of want to do a little bit of a DIY thing, you can get linked up with some people, go hunt their area, they come out and hunt in your area. It's a really cool thing. Also on there, there's some forums, you know, duck hunting, waterfowl hunting in general, different tips and advice, things like that. And they also have a lot of merchandise, really cool stuff. And in their merchandise, they have the Salty Fowl line of clothing, where 100% of the profits from that go to uh, Eider Research out there on the coast. So really cool cause. Go check it out. Go buy some stuff. Get on some trade of hunts. You definitely won't regret it. Next, we have Steady Wing Outfitters. That's Mikey Soberano. He's up there in northeast Kansas, and he uh, specializes in waterfowl, turkey, and deer. You can check him out on Instagram at Steady Wing Outfitters. Uh, and if you want to book a hunt, you can give him a call. His number is 785-410-2304. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. They're over there in North Dakota. They're making a bunch of awesome hunting and fishing content. It's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places. Go check them out for some high-quality stuff. They also have a website with some merchandise and other things on it. Uh, The website is 701pursuit.com. That's the numbers, 701pursuit.com. So check them out. All the places that you have social media, they're on there somewhere. Next, we have Bulldog Baits. It's over there in western Oklahoma. Uh, They're making crankbaits, jigs, soft plastic, spoons, jig heads, sinkers, anything you need for fishing. They've got it. So you can check them out on uh, Instagram. It's bulldog underscore baits. And if you want to go on their website to order some stuff, it's bulldog-baits.square.site. So if you're needing anything, definitely, definitely go check them out. Also, on the same note, we have Stump Thumper Baits. Their website is stumpthumperbaits.com. They also have soft plastics, jigs, all that type of stuff. Want to check them out too on Instagram. Their handle is at stumpthumperbaits. They're also Facebook, anywhere else. Now we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service. He's over in the San Antonio area. Uh, he's hunting ducks, geese, anything waterfowl you guys want to get on over there down in Texas. You can give him a call at 361-494-7868. You can also find him on Facebook. Uh, his name is just Waylon Johnson. See what he's been up to. Check out the cool birds down there. All that good stuff. And lastly, we have my dog training business up here in Northeast Montana. I specialize in retrievers, but I train all sorts, basic obedience, force fetch, waterfowl upland, anything you're looking to get done with your dog, I can help you out with. Um, You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all the normal places. It's H-I-L-I-N-E, retrievers. And then if you're looking for some advice or looking to uh, get set up with some training, give me a call. My number is 406 seven eight three seven zero eight three thanks a lot thanks to our sponsors go check them all out and enjoy the show 
took wing Shotguns singing A pointing dog down in the old logging road And then he got three And looked back grinning I fumbled around and I tried to reload The country was cold Alright, welcome to the Woods and Water Podcast. This is Garrett. Today I have John Breeze back on the show. Uh, for those of you that don't know who he is, he does a little bit of fishing on some big water and hunting and shed hunting and everything. So I guess, John, why don't you introduce yourself? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, John Breeze, live in central Kentucky. Um, if it swims, well, we'll say if, if, if it's alive, I try to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, fishing, not so much. I typically only fish up north. Um on Lake Michigan, and then my free time at home during the summer is usually spent with my family because that's usually about the only time I get a chance to do that. Yeah, you know, hunting comes in, I'm pretty pretty balls to the walls with that. So, all right, so how did your turkey hunting go this year? Uh, well, really good. Um, I just kind of randomly decided to. Um, jump feet first into turkey hunting and also using my bow, um, which kind of turned out to be a frustration, but it paid off. So um, opening week, I shot a turkey um, and lost it. I hit it just like an inch low and back. And my buddy, he was with me. He actually shot one with a 410 um, right after I shot that one. And then I guess it was the last week right before I went to Florida, um, took my son Cam with me and, uh, we had just basically an ideal situation. Um, we had two come in. I thought we were, I thought he was going to get to shoot also. Um, but I shot mine at like, I guess it was probably 10 or 11 yards and the other one went behind the blind and we didn't actually he did, he couldn't get a shot at that one, so he was also hunting with his bow. Um, but yeah, it went really good. Pretty, pretty happy with it. I mean, I've always hated hunting turkeys with my bow because you know, I'll, you know, my whole life deer hunting, I'll shoot a hen or something. I bet you I've shot eight or nine hens, and I've only found one of them. I mean, it's just, they're so, they're so hard to kill with a bow, man, that their bottles are just so tiny. So I think next year I'm leaning towards, um, going to a decap method for them to where, you know, you either kill them or you miss them. There's, there's no in between. I don't like that. You know, you're going to get that big old freaking broadhead. It's like razor blades, blades hanging out the sides. Yeah, I'm gonna try it and just see how I like it because I hate I hate injuring stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, honestly though, like the way I shot my bird this year, um, they say is the best shot. You wait until it struts and faces away from you, and I mean, you pretty much have a perfect circle target to shoot at mm-hmm. when it's like so. It's they can't see you. Um, and right there, right at the tail, right at the poop shoot, you know, it's, it's the best shot on a turkey. So, 
it worked out pretty good, but I'd like to try the decap. I think that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was, well, I was going to do it with my uh, longbow, but that didn't really work out this year. Kind of didn't have the time. So I ended up doing with the shotgun, but I was kind of looking into that, but I just think that'd be too much to try with the longbow. You already got enough things going on. You don't need that big old thing up on the front. You know, I mess up right. a little bit with a longbow, plus that thing on the front, it could really send an arrow three foot the wrong way or whatever. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, it would almost be, I feel like it might be good on a longbow because you can shoot so much faster. You know, like if, if you had a bird that was moving around, I would rather probably rather try to shoot. Oh, you mean like the actual process of shooting, not the arrow going faster? Right, yeah. I mean, you close, but yeah. Um, I've never killed. I've never killed anything with a longbow. I've shot up quite a bit, but um, I don't even know how it would fly out of a longbow. I mean, I'm sure it would be decent. Yeah, just gotta try it. Maybe that's something I'll mess with next year. There's a lot of things I've said that for for the past five years, though, and hasn't happened right. yet. Yeah, I've also said that I'm going to start, that I was going to buy a longbow this year and start going down that road, but I haven't, and I probably won't. Yeah. So, but, you were sending me some pictures before. You guys are already out and found quite a few sheds this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, let's see, when was it that we that we did this last podcast? Was that in February or March? I can't remember. Oh, I think february i think we recorded in february and it came out in march actually i can see in like two seconds here um march 16th it came out okay yeah so i probably finished up most of my shed hunting by then um i'll grab a few that are my good ones Of course, I've showed you. I think I've showed you this one. Yeah, that thing's a tank. That's got some mass to it. That I mean, kicker on it. I'll show you the uh, the mass compared to a, a beer can. I mean, it's it's like right there. It's close. Yeah, it's really close. But I found this one. This was found on public ground. Um, actually, all these are. Most of my sheds I actually found on public because I don't have a lot of private. Um, that was a pretty decent side found actually the same, same area that I found that big one. And then this is probably, this is my best one. Match set. Uh, match set. Yeah. Um, it's like right at 130 inches. Got a little kicker off that two there or three. Yeah. But good mass. I'm hoping that deer is going to be, I'll be setting cameras for him in the next month and a half. Hopefully can find that deer. Hopefully he's... gets a little bit longer tines, too. I think it would be a real yeah. tank if it got some longer tines on it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we found, let's see, 30, I think it was like 34 or 35 sheds this year. And did right at like 90 miles. I guess so. that's the math on that. How many miles per shed? Is it like three? Three miles a shed? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, dude. Like you have to, or at least me, I mean, I have ADD, 
I'm either all in on one thing or you might as well write everything off if I'm trying to multitask, you know. Like, I've gotten to where I can scout and shed hunt at the same time, but I know it's probably my scout, not nearly what it could be because I'm looking for antlers so hardcore, you know. Mm. Um, I either have to be scouting or shed hunting or turkey hunting, you know, one, one of the, <laughs> one of them all in on one. Yeah. So did you, uh, put any pictures of those antlers on your Instagram or anything? Uh, yeah, there's, um, I think they're all on there. There's one big picture that I posted of like the whole season. Um, and there's actually more on there because, uh, my buddy from Pennsylvania, he came with, he came down, he took a few home with him. So, oh. um, I guess, so I don't have any social medias, medias on my phone at all anymore. So I don't really okay. post for the show or anything. So if people wanted to see those pictures, where would they find them on yours? I guess what's your handle? If you want people to know what it is. Oh yeah, that's fine. Um, actually let me just double check what it is real quick because I don't, I don't even keep up with that. <laughs> I, I'm hardly ever on Instagram. Um, it's uh, John underscore Breeze 06. I thought it was something like that, but I was going to say John dot Breeze 06. So good thing you looked it up. So John underscore well, Breeze 06. Yeah, I think I actually changed it not long ago. So, um, oh, that reminds me. I got this back here. I just saw this in the camera view. I don't know if I showed you this. I don't think you did. You find that yeah. one? That was a deadhead? Yeah. Deadhead on public. That thing Went is right a out pig. 162. I mean, just an absolute tank. He's going to be a monster next year. Right? <laughs> I'm excited to see him. I would be, too. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice if it worked out like that. I was uh, working at a farmer's, uh, it would have been a month or two ago. And I was in their shop working, and they've got, um, they had two um, skull plates, antlers and skull plates from deer. One that was shot, I think it was like 2006, and the other one was shot in like 2010, so like a four-year difference. And they are exactly the same skull cap. So they mounted them like one on top of each other's skull caps. Obviously, it was the same genetics, but like it was a four by three, and like they were identical width, height mass where the points are located it was crazy i've never seen any matchup like that but he said they were wow. shot in the same draw at about the same time of the year just 10 years apart or four years apart i mean well it's so i found something similar um with where's this one at so the big one that that really big one that i showed you of course if anybody wants to see this they're just screwed because he's going to see this, but so I found, or my buddy found this shed three, three and a half miles away. Oh, dang. How, how I many mean, years apart were they? This was found the same three days that we were shed hunting. Okay. So I was going to say, is that just like a younger, like the year before's version of that one or what? So I, the way I figured this shed right here, the big one is probably, I'm going to say two to three years old. Mm -hmm. And this here is probably five to six years old. 
So you do like think you, that that was a younger? I think it, it potentially be. Um, yeah. I've had several people tell me. I mean, look at it. It's the shape and everything. The because like, it doesn't like come out wide. It's more. You can tell it's more of a narrow buck. It goes more up than out on both of them. Well, look, look at the blading. Yeah. Right here, and then the blading right here, and then the kicker on the same two. I mean. Yeah. It, if you see it in person, it looks even more convincing, but um, the way I figured it could easily be the same deer. Yeah, well, I mean, they do a lot of traveling, especially when they're in that younger age and they're trying to find their, their core region. You know, they all kind of branch off. So I could definitely been when he was starting to branch off, he moved three miles away or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I love antlers, dude. That's like... I. I honestly think I like shed hunting just as much as I love bow hunting, honestly. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy it because, well, I train dogs to do it. So it's, for me, it's kind of like when I go bird hunting. I like watching the dog work more than I like actually bird hunting. I think it's kind of the same for me for shed hunting. Watching the dog go out there and disappear in some brush and all of a sudden come back with a half squirrel chewed up antler hanging out of his face. Right. I suppose you guys got to deal with squirrels pretty bad there, chewing up. Like, you got to be on top of it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of old ones that I've found that are chewed up pretty good. But to be honest with you, most of my fresh ones that I found this year, um, now, granted, I, I did start pretty early. I mean, I was in, I was into like mid to late January when I first started. Um, but I think pretty much nine 99% of my sheds that are fresh are like perfect. There's no chew marks on them. Yeah. Our and biggest that big... thing is uh field mice get ours. We really don't have squirrels here. So field mice mm. get ours and they get on them quick. But... Yeah. I've seen some States like, uh, Iowa is really bad. Probably mice. I'd say, um, with chewing up antlers, but so I think, has a lot to do with where you where you shed hunt i do a lot i mean cedar thickets and um like crp fields mm-hmm. squirrels don't necessarily spend a lot of time in those areas so that that could have a lot to do with yeah why i'm the infamous squirrel patch on my antlers so yeah maybe if you were looking underneath the oak trees for them you might have a little different story right yeah and i'm my ADP is way too bad to try to shed hunt in hardwoods, dude. I just can't do it. <laughs> I cannot concentrate with all the leaves and the sticks and all that. Like, you got to give me some cedars and some grass. And, but, you know, honestly, I know a lot of, a lot of guys that spend a lot of time in hardwoods um, that don't find that many. I think we're like, so me and my buddy, when we shed hunted for that week straight, we would just go to Onyx and we would drop pins on those little cedar thickets, whether they were an acre or 10 acres. We would just, that's, we would just burn through everything else, go straight to those little patches, you know, grit them off really good and then move on to the next one. Um, I think a lot of people will spend a lot of time on just focusing on one property. I think that's where having private ground can kind of, um, actually hurt you is if you want to hunt your entire private ground rather than just focusing on the areas where the sheds are most likely to be. Well, and the sheds Maybe. are going to be where they are at over the winter, not where 
they were at during hunting season or where you're seeing them in the summer. Right. Because, like, around right. here, they're not going to, like, during, oh, summer and fall, they're hiding out in sloughs around here and little brush piles and stuff like that. And then in the wintertime, they're all out in the open, out in fields, south side slopes, just because they got to eat constantly to make it through the winters up here. So if you were to look in those little sloughs and little thickets and stuff, you wouldn't find anything. But if you go out in the middle of a field, that's where you find them. Right. Yeah, I've got a bunch of buddies that have a lot of um, private ground, and they'll just go, and they'll they'll clean up. They'll find 10, 15 to 20, um, you know, just walking food plots, which I don't have the luxury of doing. But I sent you um, that one that farmer found when I was out there the other day, right? Uh, I think so. Deadhead? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was just, just like that, just out in the middle of a field, you know. Farmers up here, especially when you're doing your seeding, you got to be watching the whole time. There's not much playing on your phone because you run over an antler and pop a tire. That's an expensive, expensive antler. Some tires are right. ridiculous, especially on the tractor. So the farmers find a lot of sheds and deadheads. But yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, and a lot of times you can get permission to, to shed hunt um, a lot easier than you can to deer hunt, but. I typically imagine, yeah. If a farm is getting deer hunted, it's probably being shed hunted by somebody. So, and that's what I found. I mean, like I got permission to shed hunt this place this year in my county. And um, she had just, just bought, just built a house there. Um, and then I went back about two, three weeks later and she gave me permission to deer hunt. So, but the other four or five that I asked on that same day for shed hunting were all no's because they all shed hunted. So that must be a lot bigger thing down here. Up here, it's more of just, you know, if you're farming and you see it or I just kind of like me, like just if I'm doing something else out in the outdoors and I see it, I'll pick it up. But I'm not huge into it unless I'm right. trying to work a dog for him for someone else. Yeah, I'm into it, dude. Like we'll go. I mean, my buddy came down for five days and we were shed hunting daylight to dark. You know, I think we did like 40 miles that weekend or something. Do you, do you usually just keep them or do you sell them? No, I keep them. So you just got a giant collection? Yeah, I got, so there's, these are the ones that I just showed you on the table here. Okay. And then I got a table back there of a bunch of antlers and here's here's old fido he's i dropped him off at the taxidermist the other day oh fido the collared deer yeah go back and listen to the first episode of john to hear about fido the collared deer i <laughs> uh, like i got a <laughs> collar hanging off of him yeah i just like to keep them my wife's like what she's like what the hell are you gonna do with all these antlers i'm like i'm just gonna keep them she's like what are you gonna do with them i'm like i just want to look at them <laughs> yeah. i was like looking at picking them up like i mean you you could go over to that table and grab any any antler and i could tell you exactly where i found it and everything like i just i don't know my i i forget everything when, except when it comes to hunting fishing i guess yeah well that's why i'm with uh like a deer like deer that i've shot I can tell you exactly what the weather was like, what time of year it was, like if it was early season, late season, 
who I was with, where we were. Like, I could take you to the exact pinpoint I was standing on any deer that I've shot. If you say, where'd you get this antlers or whatever. So, I feel yeah. that. I don't know if I could do that with shed antlers. I guess a couple that stand out that I've found. Like, there was, I found a mule deer one that, I just found the one side. And it was two forks, a four, a brow tine, five. And I think it had, like, four kickers coming off the back and then one little drop. And I nice. can tell you exactly where that one was, but that's just because it's little ones. But or a special one but yeah like at my parents place we just got in one of the sheds um all of the uh, antlers that weren't great big deer that we've shot like the big ones we skull capped and put in the basement but the just like the average size ones we just got like buckets and piles of skull caps and shed antlers and stuff so if right. you wanted to look at antlers come up here and dig through and eat your heart <laughs> out dude i love antlers i just i love them and i don't know what it is man just like when you just walking up on an antler there's just like a something special about it like i don't get it doing anything else in my life it's just like only with when you find when you find a shed antler that you get that feeling but it's just i don't know i just chase it i guess yeah i'd be doing it right now but i don't i don't fuck with snakes so i oh uh, snakes are out and about now yeah so Pretty much what wrapped up my shed season was me and Cam. Uh, we were out shed hunting, and uh, it was kind of the first warm day. And Cam was up on the south facing slope um, above me, and it was kind of like pines and grass, but it was really sparse pines. So, like, it was getting pretty good amount of sunlight. And um, he starts screaming, and I'm like, oh boy. And I was like, what's wrong? He's like, there's a snake up here. And it was just coiled up under his foot. Like he almost stepped on it. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, just back up and go around it. So he goes around it, takes another three or four steps. Another one. Jesus. And this, and they're both like big, uh, the black racers. They're just like, you know, pretty good sized snakes. And they're super like zombie fast. You know, they're just like, <laughs> lightning fast so he said he, he almost stepped on it and it shot into the grass you know he at this point he's crying you know he's he don't he don't like snakes like i do and then on the way out i almost stepped on another one and i was like okay we're done probably call it a season yeah that was the last time we went shed hunting uh which i mean not really that's not the full reason like i just once it starts getting so hot and I feel like all my public has probably been hunted already, you know, I'm moving into salmon season and everything else. So it's just time to kind of call it. Do you uh, normally wear snake boots when you're out there? Um, I don't, but I will next year because when we got home. I talked to a couple buddies and the area that we were shed hunting, I found out has copperheads and, um, rattlesnakes hmm. so i was pretty sick after i found that out especially having my son with me yeah so next year he and i will both have some um 17 inch snake boots for sure yeah and i'll probably and i'd feel better about shed hunting on through a lot of that if i had you know snake boots but i just would rather not live in a state with snakes Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'd be fine with that. I kill every damn one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I was in 
was in this uh, Facebook group for a long time. I ended up leaving it because it was so annoying. But it was a ID group here in Kentucky. And people are talking about how, how beautiful snakes were and how cute they were. And, and if anybody said anything about killing a snake, buddy, you're just, they wanted to beat your ass, you know? And I'm just like, no. Like, I know this is cliche, but the only good snake to me is a dead fucking snake. I don't like snakes at all. There's nothing I like about snakes, period. <laughs> yeah, they creep me out. They really creep yeah. me out. Uh, just that, like, not that I'm terrified of them or scared of them, just the way that they move. Just, yep. They just kind of creep me out, the way that they move. But Yeah, the devil. Yeah, exactly. He's in the Bible for a reason. <laughs> Um, I guess kind of a funny story on snakes. This is one that my dad told me. Probably shouldn't tell this, but I guess when he was in uh, school, well, when they were younger in elementary school, they used to have a bunch of garter snakes all over in the uh, springtime. You know, they'd come out from the winter. And he said you could catch a garter snake and grab it by the tail and whip it around over your head like in a circle and then pop it and it would snap its back and make a crack like a whip. Yeah. Well, he was in elementary school, and there was this girl that was pushing my aunt around or something, pushed her off a swing, and took the swing from her and started swinging. And my dad saw it, and then he saw a garter snake or found a garter snake, either right then or later at recess, and got that garter snake and ran up in front of her and whipped it around. like she, He was like a couple feet from her and popped it. And when he popped it, it slipped out of his hand and flew right at her and wrapped around her neck. The dead snake oh. wrapped around her neck. And she freaked out and took off running, obviously, screaming bloody murder. Probably traumatized her and went and told him on the teacher. And he got in trouble at school and had detention. <laughs> so I bet that she stole somebody's seat. Well, I bet she she's terrified of snakes to this day. <laughs> Dude, I know I would be. I don't know what it is that they got me so terrified of snakes. Like, I've never really had a horrible interaction with them, but um, well, I mean, you grow up hearing about stay away from snakes. Don't get bit by a snake and everything. It gets ingrained in you from infancy pretty much. So, right. At least that's I what do I think remember, it is for me. This one time I was, uh, I was probably, probably 15, 16. And I was fishing this pond down the road from the house. And my mom would always send me with her cell phone. Of course, back then it was the little, Nokia? Uh, yeah, pretty much, you know, just a cheap, basic phone. And um, I would get in this little eight-foot John boat, and I was row, row away from the bank, you know, get 20, 30 feet off the bank. And I got out there one day, and a freaking snake crawled out from under the seat between my legs. And, dude, I swear to you, I jumped out of that boat and ran across the top of the water <laughs> to the bank. <laughs> I ended up going, obviously, went pretty deep, ruined my mom's phone. Um, and then I just left the boat out there. I was just like, <laughs> I jumped on my bike and rode home. <laughs> Is it still floating out there to this day? <laughs> I think they got it. But <laughs> as far as I was concerned, that boat was just there to stay. I didn't care. I had uh, spiders I don't like either. Not Again, not that I'm terrified of them. I just I would prefer they're not crawling all over me. Well, we, me and my cousin went, we were in South Dakota or Minnesota for a family reunion thing. Anyways, there was a 
the lady that we have in the reunion net, she had some kayaks that her and her husband used to go out on. So me and my cousin Drew, who's going to be on the episode before this one, we went out on the kayaks. And we're kayaking around the lake. Well, they weren't like a sit-on-top kayak. They're like the ones where your feet are like in there. Right. Well, these kayaks hadn't been used in two or three years, laying upside mm-hmm. down. And uh, we got out in the middle of the water, and I could feel something on my leg. And I could feel something else on my leg. And I could feel stuff on my other leg. And, like, they're moving. I was like, oh, shit. I was out in the middle of the water. And I, like, pulled myself up and, like, pushed myself up. So I was doing, like, a, like I was holding myself up with my hands. I looked down at my legs. And I was covered from fucking toes to knees in spiders. Oh, it God. must have been a giant nest in the kayak that I picked. And once we started moving, my feet were moving. And a little bit of water splash. And they all decided to abandon ship. And to abandon ship, they were going up me. And I did the same thing you did. I dove out of that thing. I didn't care what was in my pockets. And I was underwater <laughs> beating my legs and stuff. And I flipped the kayak over and filled it up with water and flipped it back the right way. And was swishing it back and forth. And <clears throat> we kind of got to a little island out there. And I dumped it out and made sure there wasn't anything else in it. Because I st- I had to get back somehow. I wasn't swimming. We had gone quite a ways. and uh, right. Got back in. And then like the whole way back, you know, like once you find one wood tick on you, you can feel them crawling on you even though they're not there. It was like right. that. It was like every third paddle or so, I'd be like, oh, shit, was that one? Was that one? But, yeah. Yeah. Nasty things. I don't – spiders don't really bother me. Like, I'm I'm terrified of, like, black widows and recluses and shit. But, um, you know, if I have a spider crawling on me, I just, you know, just brush it off. It don't really bother well, me. Well, you, you weren't covered from fucking toe to knee. Okay. Oh. It was a little bit different. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd have done the same thing. Like, no thanks. Yeah. Um, me and that reminds me. Uh, me and Blake Lawrence, we were uh, scouting for early goose on Kentucky Lake once, and we ran back in this bay, and like at the very back, it was like muddy and grassy, and we both had waders on, um, or actually maybe I had waders on. He didn't. I can't remember. Um, but I'm going. I'm going to go with him because he got fucked up by um, turkey mites. I think they are. They look like little ticks. You know, what a turkey mite is. It's like a. I've heard of it. These look like little tiny uh, ticks, about the size of the head of an ink pen. Okay. And so we we got out. We walked through this grass, and when we got back to the truck, we're all, we're both sitting in the truck, and he's like. He's like, dude, I feel like I got shit crawling all over me. And I look over, dude, and from like here down to his pant line was red. Like solid red. Was he shirt like on or shirt off? Lucent red with his shirt off. Because he likes to walk and around with his shirt off. If people don't know that, once it gets hot, his shirt comes off like that. <laughs> well, these... uh it was like 90. I've got a picture somewhere of the bank clock coming through town that day. It was like 97, 98 degrees. Okay. So we were, we were going around without our shirts on and our waders and shit. Um, but we got back to the house, dude. And I, I didn't have as many as me, but he, he got bitten all over his body oh. by these things. And it was so itchy. Uh, he, he ended up going to the pharmacy and, um, Somebody told him to use, make Mydol? a Clorox. <laughs> yeah, <Mydol. laughs> Somebody told him to do a bleach and alcohol bath. That sounds like you're making mustard gas or something. I guess I'd be bleached Dude, ammonia. 
it was so bad. Like I remember um when he got in that bathtub, like I bet he that was just him like a son of a bitch. Yeah, and it was the it was like the next day or something. So it was after he had just fucking dug it his on oh. his whole body. But it did make him better. I'll say that. He said it cleared up pretty fast, but well, probably it, burned dude, off there that was, whole layer of skin. There's nothing for it to be eaten up yeah. anymore. It was just like a saw. There was thousands of, of ticks on him. Oh, so are they like a tick or what do they do? Well, we never like actually found out. They look like a tick. Huh. I mean, they look like a little tiny micro tick. Um, we never did find out exactly what they were. He never went to the doctor, like, you know, legitimately for it. But um, I know I hope I never deal with that again because it was like, yeah, you get poison ivy on your nuts or something. And it's just like so itchy. It was like that times like 57. You're starting to make me <laughs> itch now just listening to this. Yeah, I'm itching too. It's, <laughs> ugh. Yeah. Horrible. All right, we're getting up to your time limit here. Uh, you already started out your fishing up in uh, the big lakes this year. Um, how's that gone? Um, and I guess, how many of you guys caught? Uh, so, took up a group of guys from Kentucky that uh, I took up last year. Um, one of my buddies, Charlie, that last year he came up with me on a Friday and fished the uh, veterans. Um, it's the salmon assault event. We uh, there's a bunch of charter captains that get together and take out a bunch of veterans, and they have a little fun with it with a tournament. Um, so we did that on Friday and Saturday. And then um, another one of our buddies and his, and Charlie's dad and brother-in-law came up. Um, this one was probably better than last year. Um, we got to fish Muskegon, Whitehall, uh, Ludington, and Manistee. So we got to fish four different ports um, over the course of five days, which was really awesome. Um, we ended up, I think we were around like 43 to 45 fish over the course of those days. Um, fishing was really consistent. I wouldn't say it was just, you know, a bang up. Um, we didn't have any bang up days like we did last spring, but it was pretty consistent. Um, and we had some decent fish, uh, the last two days we caught a couple that were pushing 20. So yeah, it was, any it was, king salmon I've ever caught. <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a lot of fun i'm getting ready to hopefully closing in on purchasing my next boat within the next two weeks so yeah we talked about that last time you were looking into one so yeah um i found a few that i'm interested in and i'm uh just waiting on the finances to line up which that should happen in the next week so hopefully I'll be in something bigger. And my sea ray that I used the last few years is still sitting in storage. So does that this, mean that your time, fans page really took off if your uh, funding is finally coming through? Selling feet picks is where it's at, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, I sell the double uh, XL feet picks. There's a niche market, but they'll pay a lot for them. Fuck yeah, they will. I've been trying to get my wife to do that shit, and she won't do it. <laughs> the feet picks are just a whole page. Anything, dude. Hey, it's a lot of money in that. <laughs> yeah. 
My wife doesn't know, but she's got an OnlyFans foot pic page. She makes Ooh. a lot of money every year. You're smart. I'm uh-huh. going to have to think. She's a hard sleeper. She doesn't even <laughs> notice when the flash goes off. Uh, my wife would, uh, she's a, not a hard sleeper, but I'm going to have to think about that next time she's barefoot in my truck. Yeah. Obviously, I'm kidding. I'm not taking pictures of my wife's feet while she's sleeping. <laughs> Just so that way nobody gets mad and nobody starts asking me for pictures because it's not good. Yeah, happen. sure. Uh-huh. uh no thanks for the idea though man that's really really good so how big Hmm. is this new boat that you're looking to get then uh so i'm looking at i got a couple that are 29 feet and then one that's 27 i'm looking at are they uh fairly new uh so the 27 is 34 years old it's like a e7 or no, 89, I think. And there's uh, the one of the 29-footers I'm looking at is a 99. Uh, it's a newer boat. Are they pretty much turnkey ready to go for you? Uh, the the 27 is. the One of the 29s I'm looking at is needs um, some electronics installed, um, downriggers, stuff like that. You could just drop that off your other boat, though, right? Your old one? Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to sell my boat as, oh, is. as is. Get the extra Just, cash out of it. Yeah, because I don't really. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that with my gear on my boat currently, but I'm looking to upgrade quite a bit. And honestly, it's not really that bad of a deal to buy a boat that needs rigged up because you can set it up exactly how you want. So, yeah. um, and then you know that it's done right too, and it's not gonna. You're not gonna get out there in the middle of the lake and find out shit's not working. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know I'm three years into this, so I, you know, as far as like having my own boat, and uh, I know what works and what doesn't, and I think I could set up a boat that would be awesome. Before we go, um, why don't you tell the people if they want to go fishing, how they can get a hold of you, do all that stuff, do the whole rigmarole here at the end. You're not a rookie anymore, so you know what I'm saying. Sure. Uh, yeah, if anybody wants to go, um, can hit me up on Facebook messenger, um, Instagram, you know, anything like that. Um, and I'll set you up. I know captains all up and down the, the West side of Michigan that are top notch. So, um, can definitely do it. May not be with me, but, um, I know plenty, plenty of damn good fishermen and captains. So. Yeah, and then on the first episode with you, we talked a bunch about the fishing, so if people are interested in that at all that weren't listeners in the first time that you came around, definitely go back and listen to that one. You could also hear about Fido the Collared Deer, which was a very funny story that I got a lot of people messaging me on. So Yeah, it was a pretty uh, unique situation. Yeah. It'll probably happen again. I hope not. And I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's a cool story and uh the collars going on him on the mount so perfect but anybody who wants to listen more about salmon or uh, that story or tons of waterfowl stories can go check that episode out what episode did you say it was uh, it came out march 16th i can tell you here in a second again yeah. what number it was uh march 16th season two episode 23 
So back a little bit. Was it? Yeah. Two months ago. And, and if anybody ever wants or, and I mean, there may not be very many people listening to this podcast that would want to go into greater detail on salmon fishing. They're probably just interested in it. Um, but if anybody wants to, us to take a deeper dive on that, I can, I feel like, uh, that first podcast, that's the first one I've ever done. And I was kind of nervous. So I kind of feel like I skipped over a bunch of shit, but, um, we can, we can do another one sometime and cover some more. There's, there's so much into it, man. It's very, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're just trolling. That's the most boring thing. Like that's easy. You're letting the boat do the work for you. And that's, it couldn't be further from the truth when it comes to salmon, especially, I mean, there is just, um, and it'll drive you fucking crazy trying to figure them out, but that's what I love about it. So, okay. Well, thanks for coming on, spend a little bit of your evening with me and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again. Yeah, for sure, dude. I always have a blast. We'll, uh, we'll do it again. Maybe get through some more salmon and I'll do an update. I'd like to do, um, I really wanted to do that when I was up there Saturday, like we had planned, but dude, I was, I was running around like a madman. I mean, five days just at the snap of a finger, it seems like it was over. So it, um, next time we'll, we'll make some time and I'll try to, we'll try to do that. So, yeah. All right. We have a good night and we'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. Good deal. We'll see you. All right.